0: to vibing in Valentino so this entire conversation this week deals with the human design chart and I just want you guys to really quickly I've linked it in the show notes to mybodycraft.com and get your own human design chart because we do go through every single aspect of the chart I think we've done a beautiful job in this conversation of not focusing on my chart specifically we actually go through you know every single human design type and every single different aspects of um, each human design type so it's not specific to me um, we actually go over the various aspects of um, each each type and it would be wonderful for you guys to just grab your chart and follow along so you know what we're talking about um, okay just a little psa (laughs) and before we get into the conversation i just want to remind you that you can purchase my eight-week workout program vibing strong you guys can book a one hour coaching call with me we can talk about anything you want from fitness and diet or nutrition related topics to you know boy drama friend drama life drama Um, everything is all confidential and um, you can just get some kind of impartial third-party advice um, or you can purchase my goodie bag set. It comes with a pair of core sliders and super heavy resistance booty bands um, all in one cute little pink mesh bag that you can take to the gym. You can use it to work out at home, anything you want. You guys can do all of that at my website, vibinginvalentino.com. Okay, let's get right into our conversation this week. Our guest this week is an expert at human design and runs her own online human design school. Katie Irvine, welcome to Vibing Malentino. Thank you for having me. I love sharing about human
1: design, so this is really exciting.
0: I know. I'm so excited because I feel like it is like reading a birth chart, but like on steroids. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And there's a component of astrology in
1: human design. So, you know, when you're looking at a natal chart, you're just using astrology. And I don't mean to downplay astrology by any means because natal charts can get like incredibly detailed as well. Right. Um, But human design draws in other aspects as well. So it draws in pieces from the chakra system, um, from the Kabbalah or the tree of life from Kabbalah um as well as a chinese system called the I Ching, which is like this super ancient system um so it combines a bunch of them together but it's based off of the same birth data like a
0: natal chart would be which is your birth time date and location right um before we get into the nitty-gritty of it all though can you tell us about yourself some background info like where you're from etc
1: yeah for sure so currently i live in toronto in canada Um, i grew up just outside of toronto and went to university for a Bachelor of Commerce degree, which is hilarious considering what I'm doing now. Right. Um, but I worked in the hotel world for quite a while, actually. And so I moved around. Um, I lived in Korea for a bit. I lived in Dubai for a bit. I lived out west in Canada. I lived in California. Um, so I moved around quite a bit and um, quite honestly hated my life. Um, I got into hotels because I wanted to help people, but very quickly realized that that was not the kind of help that I meant and didn't think I really had any other skills or anything else to offer. So I just stuck with it because it was what I knew. And if you're familiar with astrology or if anyone else is who's listening, um, during my Saturn return, where generally if you're out of alignment, your life kind of blows up in your face and that's exactly what happened for me. (laughs) Um, I got divorced, I switched jobs, I got laid off, I like all this stuff. But it was also during that that I found human design. So I was working with or I was working for a coach at the time. And she had this like, amazing mastermind for her clients at the Ritz in Paris. And so I was there working for her. And she had someone come that did human design. And it didn't really make any sense to me, which I think is very aligned for most people when they first discover human design (laughs) Um, but there was something about it where I was just like I just need to learn this like I feel like this is going to help me like this has some sort of answer that I need and I don't like to you know place the answers outside of ourselves but I think for me it was just such a helpful tool in seeing all of the good things about me that I wasn't able to see before and all of the qualities that I had because we're often, you know, so blind to the things that we're so good at and we don't appreciate them and we're constantly looking at what we don't have, which is actually a big part of human design in terms of what they call like conditioning or the not self. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyways, so I found it there and I just like kept diving into it and diving into it and diving into it. And my life just evolved like drastically. so much changed. I'm so much happier, I'm so much more in alignment um yeah so it just really changed my life and i couldn't not share it with other people like i had to use it in the work that i was doing and i love working with clients with human design but i think one of my gifts and my chart would say this as well is that one of my gifts is really around teaching it and sharing the information so i do still work with clients and i love doing one-on-one but it's been really awesome to be able to to now share this with more people
0: on like a sort of scalable level. So let's break it down. What exactly Mm -hmm. is human design? It's like, like you said, it's kind of like a birth chart mixed with Kabbalah, mixed with Chinese astrology. Um, But I also noticed that the graph looks kind of like chakra centers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's a combination of a bunch of different ancient and modern sciences. And one of the things that human design is often called is the science of differentiation. So it's looking at all of us and how we are differentiated, how we are unique from each other and looking at those places. So you're absolutely right about the chakras. Um, Human design currently has nine centers. And it said that we were in the middle of an evolution, according to the human design system. So it started in... The 1600s, and in I think it's 1781 is when we officially moved from the seven centers to the nine centers. And in we're still in the middle of this transition, really. So in 2027 is when it's that transition is kind of going to complete, but but also not, it's a whole other thing I'm not going to get into. <laughs> um, but when you're looking at the chart, yeah, the centers are
0: based off of the chakra system, okay. Um,
1: so there's definitely a lot of relation between them.
0: So what is the difference then between human design versus like getting your birth chart reading and your chakra analysis and all that stuff because how you guys relay information is also completely different sounding than what it sounded like when I had my birth chart read.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I think there are some similarities, but when you're looking at the human design chart, you'll notice there's all of these numbers. And the numbers are called gates. So when we're looking at um, a birth chart, let's say you would have a planet in a zodiac sign, right? Mm -hmm. And there's 12 zodiac signs. And so human design essentially breaks down each zodiac sign into gates. And so there's about five gates per zodiac sign. There's 64 gates in total. So instead of saying, you know, you have your, um, like, your son in Gemini. It's like you have your son in gate 45. And so it's just that much more specific because it's broken down that much further. So that's one of the ways of looking at how it's different. One of the big things I would say that human design shares as well is not only how you are designed, but the areas that you're likely to really be heavily conditioned by and I think that's really helpful to know because it's great to you know get a birth chart reading and I I had a natal chart reading done years ago before I got into human design and it was a really big uh, like awakening for me I guess Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like you get all this information and you're like okay well what do I do with it <laughs> like this is really cool that there's all this potential but like I'm nowhere near it and, like what right am I supposed to right do? and so um, one of the ways that human design is different is that it gives you what's called your strategy and authority which is how you're designed to kind of energetically work in the world and how you're designed to make decisions so it gives you something that's a little bit more reliable and with in terms of the conditioning or the not self when you get kind of into the deeper parts of human design, you can see the areas that you're conditioned. And the areas that were conditioned, like it's kind of like that whole idea of opposites attract, of you wanting what you don't have, or you valuing what you don't have, and only because you don't have it, not because it's actually better. So when you can see that, it's a lot easier to be like, oh, okay, I'm doing that thing where Like, I'm valuing what's not mine more than what is mine, Mm -hmm. and you can release that and focus on what you do have and what you are here to do or what your strengths are instead of, like, constantly comparing yourself to other people or looking outside yourself and finding yourself coming up short.
0: Got it. Okay. It's a more guided version of of everything. Like, it gives you actually actionable steps, which we're all for here. Yeah, (laughs)
1: exactly. And that's what I really love about it. And I I think, you know, there's probably some people in astrology that are able to give more actionable steps as well, because, again, astrology can go so deep. But it's like you just need an insane amount of knowledge, I Mm -hmm. think, to work with astrology Mm -hmm. in that level where human design kind of has this at a more surface level of like, this is what you need to do, follow these steps. And it's kind of like a joke in the human design world where it's like, oh my God, if you tell me one more time to follow my strategy and authority, because that's what it all comes back to. It's just like, this is your roadmap, just follow it and you'll get to whatever alignment looks like to you. Um, But, you know, we tend to be annoyed when we just need to
0: do the simple things. (laughs) So when you say roadmap, like, is your life path somewhat predetermined by your human design? So yes and no,
1: the founder of human design, um, allegedly used to wear this hat that said no choice because he believed we had no choice, but I don't necessarily think that's true. And I think that we are programmed to be a certain way. So. I won't get into all of the details of how we're programmed, um, but it's kind of through like stardust, which I think is really cute. Um, <laughs> anyways, we're kind of imprinted at birth with these, with a certain way of being, a certain design, right? And so, in a way, yes, our destiny, let's say, whatever you want to call it, our life purpose is predetermined, but it doesn't, we have a choice of whether or not we're following that. Right. And that's where the kind of, not self comes in with human design, where it's like, if you're in alignment, I it's, I love doing readings for people who are naturally just in alignment because it's so cool to see how they really are living out their human design. And it's like everything in their charts. They're like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's all there. And like, it's all stuff they're doing, which is really cool. And then, so it's like, you have that where it's like, yes, to a degree that path is laid out. And if you're in alignment, that's where you're going to go. And if you're not, then it's like, it's not guaranteed, I guess is how I would put it. I don't like to think of it like it's a limit, like this is what you have to do because your human design says it. But it's almost like this is what you would choose anyway. It's like better than what your wildest dreams would be if you would just let yourself have them. But it's like your actual truth, not like your dreams that someone else told you that you wanted. So in a way, it does kind of limit what you're here for. But that's a good thing because it's like there's so many possible things in this world, it's like you need to have some
0: kind of direction. <laughs> right. Because it limits what you probably wouldn't choose anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it's like, you know, for me, I don't have a
1: lot of like logical energy or like analytical or like data processing in my chart. And I'm like, cool, no problem. <laughs> yeah, like you, you, <laughs> you know that's, that's not right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so I took this quiz online to find yeah. out my human design chart and it turns out I'm a 3-5 projector. So right now for the listeners, I suggest if you guys are listening to this and if you can, look up and just Google like a human design quiz online so we can just go through the chart together because there's a lot going on in these charts. First of all, what do the numbers mean? Like two, four, three, five. like what does that mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, so... I would recommend, I just think this is the easiest one. So okay. you got yours from mybodygraph.com. Yeah. So I would recommend people get it from there just because I think they have the most straightforward view of it. Okay. Um, so I like that for beginners especially. Oh, God. Um, so I did the right so one. The num- mm-hmm. Yeah, you found the right one. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's no wrong one. I just think that this is an easier one to look at. Okay. So the numbers... Uh, the one that you're referring to, like the 3-5 or the 2-4, um, yeah. you're going to find that in your chart under a section called profile. And so those numbers kind of tell you how you're going to live out your story. So let's say if your human design is like, this is what your path is, it's like, this is how you're going to live that out. And so each number means something different. And there's six numbers in total when it comes to the profile. And they're called lines, but the three for you Uh is an experimental. It's like the experimentalist. Sometimes it's called the martyr, which I don't love that language. I know. Um, (laughs) like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I think a lot with human design is you kind of have to um, get below the surface, especially with the language. And that's why I like teaching it how I teach it, because it's kind of like, don't worry about the words that they assign. They're not... Uh, Sure, language is important, but I think there's a lot to be said below it. So with the line three, which you have in your profile, it's very much about experimenting. And so it's like for you to really learn something, to really get something, you have to experiment. and You have to try versus someone with a line one. Let's say a line one is really going to need to research everything. Okay. there's someone that's going to like dive into the depths and like research every single thing and know every single detail and like study super hard before they make any kind of move where you're just like, okay, let's move, let's move, let's move, let's go, let's right. try this, let's, let's see what happens. And that's what's right for you. Now, the, not the downside, but the challenge, let's say of the three is that you have likely had a lot of failures and you need to, that's how you learn. You learn by trial and error. Mm -hmm. But because our society kind of has a judgment against error, and you also have a fair bit of perfectionism in your chart, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that can be really challenging when it's like you need to learn through trial and error if you don't let yourself do the trial and error. If you're like, everything has to be perfect, I have to get it exactly right, right out of the gate then it's like, well, you're not growing and you're not learning. And I'm not saying this about you specifically. I'm just saying this is about the line three. Yeah. Um, so it's like that can be a challenge if you're not letting yourself experiment and you're not letting yourself fail because you think it's bad because it's like, oh my gosh, all my life, I have all these failures. I do all this stuff and I mess up. And it's like, well, yeah, but you're supposed to. And that's how you're going to learn and that's how you're going to progress. And so the other side of that for you for the five is called the universalizer. So it's like, or sometimes it's called the heretic. But it's like you have this message to share, and there's a whole lot that I can go into with a line five because it's a really unique line. Is it? But, yeah, so it's called a projected line. And so, one of the things that often happens with a line five is that people, instead of seeing you as you are, they see a few things either you as they want you to be. So, there can be a lot of expectations placed on you that don't actually align with who you are. Um, or you can, (laughs) you're like, yeah, Yeah. um, or you can trigger things that people don't want to see in themselves. So it's almost like you're a mirror in one sense. And Mm. sometimes people don't want to see that, you know, they don't want to see the bad parts of themselves or the parts of themselves that they don't want to own. But when they're around you energetically, they'll notice those things about themselves, but sometimes they don't notice it about themselves. Sometimes they project that stuff onto you. Right. So line five is kind of like an interesting one. Um, And the three, five profile itself, I find really cool because generally when this profile turns 40, it's like something just like clicks in their life and they change. They like, and not in a bad way, but it's like, they're less intense around the experimentation and they're kind of like, cool. I've experimented. I've done all that stuff. Um, There's a message I got to share. And so I often find when I do readings for these people before I even bring it up, they're like, yeah I think when I'm 40 I'm gonna like retire and write a book or I'm gonna like become a public speaker and it's like this shift of like okay I've done the experimentation now I'm here to really share my message
0: wow that's actually really funny that you said that because I almost feel like I am still out here like learning and like and I'm not 30 yet but I'm in my late 20s and so i think a lot of the pressure that people are putting on me is like why do you not have a quote unquote like real job like a nine to five job at like a fortune 500 because i'm back in asia now and that's like kind of the pressure that people put on me they're like everybody's kind of just very fearful and afraid of like what i'm doing which is kind of just doing my own thing and it's like crazy but this is like in the chart almost
1: yeah and it's one of the things that I think human design says that's quite interesting is around our like how we mature. Mm-hmm. Where, like, I mentioned that evolution earlier, and when but when we were a seven centered being before this evolution happened, we matched with like the Saturn cycle, which is about 30 years. So you were middle aged at like 15 when we were in like the Saturn times, yeah, and now we're in like Uranian times. and that takes 84 years. So it's like, we don't actually mature. Like we're not actually middle until we're in our forties and we still have this idea that like, Oh, I should be like, have all this figured out by the time I'm 20 and blah, blah. And it's like, no, actually you're like still a baby. You don't know what the heck you're doing. (laughs) Um, and when you don't give yourself that time to experiment, because you're listening to other people being like, this is what you should do. It's like, well, that's not my truth. You know?
0: Um,
1: Yeah, and you also, uh, just talking about your chart specifically, you have a channel, so when you look at the shapes, there's lines that are either going to be like little half lines coming off of the shapes, Uh um, so that the half lines are called gates, and if there's a full line where it's like two gates that connect, it's called a channel. So looking at your chart, you have a channel from the 43 to the 23, which is sometimes nicknamed like the Freak to Genius channel, and it's a kind of idea where it's like, people aren't necessarily going to understand your genius. And if it's the wrong time, people look at that and they think like, what is she doing? Like, this is insane, it's never gonna work. But in the right time, it's like, oh my gosh, that's like, wow, like how does she
0: make that happen? And
1: it's just like, it's all about right timing. And it's not something that people are necessarily going to see, it's just something that's like within you.
0: Are you a two four? I think I read that on your website. Yeah, I'm a two four. Okay. What is the difference between like a two like what what do what is two fours like what does that mean? Yeah. So let me talk about each
1: line quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the line ones are the investigators. So it's like they're here to do their research to set the foundation. Line twos are sometimes called the hermits or like the naturals. So the hermits or the naturals, they're like they like a lot of alone time. They learn by teaching. So it's like, I, I love idea. that I get that. Yeah, because it's like the more that I teach, the more that I learn and it's just like, you know, this great cycle. Um, but the line twos, they're also meant to be naturals at what they do. So it's like things are going to come easy to them to a degree. Like for me, for example, human design, even though it didn't really make sense at first, it was just something that kind of clicked as I started learning it. Whereas if I'm really struggling to figure something out, like, this is such a stupid example, but I was, like, going to the spa up north with my boyfriend a couple weeks ago, and we drove past this field of, um, like, wind energy turbine things, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just, like, I don't understand how they work. And he was, like, well, Google it. And I read about it for, like, 15 minutes, and I was, like, none of this makes sense in my brain. I don't understand. (laughs) And it's just, like, cool. I'm not meant to be, like, a wind energy engineer. No problem. (laughs) Um, But with line 2, it's, like, The things that come naturally to you, follow that, use that. Like, you don't need to struggle because you've been told that, like, you should or, like, you've been told you have to work hard. Like, no, you're meant to use your natural gifts. The line three we went over, which is the experimenter. Um, The line four, sometimes it's called the opportunist. Um, or the networker. And it's this idea. So the line four, like the line one is a foundational energy. So there's this energy around setting the foundation and kind of having your ducks in a row. Um, But the line four is very much about getting opportunities from your network and building really like intimate relationships and connections. Mm -hmm. And then the line five we talked about, and then the line six is called the role model. And so the line six actually behaves like a line three. So it's like the experimenter until about the age of 30. And then it goes into sort of a more like processing phase where it like retreats a little bit and processes everything that it experimented with. And then when it's around 50, it kind of steps into this like full expression of the role model. And that doesn't mean if you have a line six that, like, you're not going to be doing anything until you're 50. Um, but it's just, like, you will have, like, different phases in your life. And it's just, like, be okay with where you're at. You know, you don't need to make something um, different than what it is, essentially.
0: Got it. <laughs> Got it. Um, there's also arrows pointing. Yeah. There's, like, four arrows. Mine are all pointing to the left. But I understand that that's not always the case for people. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. So your arrows, um, sometimes they're called the variables or the four transformations. So they're a bit of a deeper level of human design that I don't always go into because the and I'm happy to talk about them a little bit, but the thing with the arrows is if you're not already living your strategy and authority, they're not going to do much for you. And so it's kind of like interesting information to distract yourself with but they're not actually going to make a bigger impact on your life until you have other things sorted. The arrows also work in an order. So the top left hand arrow mm-hmm. is the first one and then the bottom left and then the bottom right and then the top right. So it's like oh, it goes okay. one, two, three, four and they build on each other. So it's like if you're learning about arrow four and trying to um, you know, apply this stuff, or actually something I find floating around the internet quite a bit with um, the third arrow, so the bottom right arrow, is around manifestation, where it's like if it's pointing um, towards the head or if it's pointing left, then you're an active manifester or a specific manifester, meaning that like, you wanna you know get really clear on the details of every single thing that you want yeah. when you're manifesting, whereas when you point right, you can be more general and go with like the feelings that you want to feel. But the problem I find with that is if you're out of alignment and it's like, if you don't have, so the arrow one is around digestion. And so it is about food to a degree, but it's also about like how you digest information. Let's say how you digest the world around you. And then the second arrow is your environment. So it's like, if you don't have both of those working sort of optimally for you, then focusing really intensely on like using the right method of manifestation for you is like, I don't know that it's really going to do much and it's kind of like focusing in the wrong area, in my opinion. So with the arrows, yes, they're either going to point right or left. If they're pointing left, um, sometimes that's associated. So the left arrow is called active. So there's more activity versus the right ones are passive, which are more kind of relaxed and chill. And that doesn't necessarily have to do with your personality, but it's more about, again, how you process information, how your environment is meant to be. And there can be a degree of, like, masculine feminine energy. So I imagine with you having all your arrows pointing left, there's a fair bit of masculine energy there. And what I mean is, like, there's a lot more energy to, like, go, 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 and, like, get stuff done and make things happen. Yeah. Where it's like the feminine receptive is more of like the lay back and receive and like, you know, let the world come to you. It's like, you're someone that's designed to like go out and get the world to a degree. Yeah. Um, but there's also, you know, a lot of else in the chart that <laughs> affects all that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what do the shapes of the graph stand for? Do they stand for anything? Cause I know it's some of like triangles or like squares. Yeah, not to my knowledge.
1: So the shapes are just what the shapes are and the colors of the shapes are what the colors are. So what matters when it comes to the shapes, which are called centers, is um, if they're white or if they're colored. So if they're colored in, those are areas that are defined or they are radiating energy. So those are areas where you're like giving off
0: energy to the world versus
1: if it's white, those are areas that you're taking in and amplifying the energy of others.
0: Got it. So it's not like those chakras are blocked. No, that's not what that means. No, no, those are areas. um, So the
1: colored in ones for you, those would be areas for you to like consistently rely on. So, for example, we're looking at the bottom. On the bottom left, you have the spleen colored in, which is really around your intuition Uh
0: um,
1: and your spleen you have like a channel that connects your spleen to your G, which is the yellow or the identity center. Mm-hmm. So you're someone that probably has a pretty strong identity and direction and kind of like you're going where you're going and yeah. you're not going to like change your path for someone else. Yeah. Um, and then above that is your throat. So the brown square, that's the throat center. And then that's connected to the Ajna or the mind, which is the green triangle for your chart. And so that's very much about like, with that connection between the throat and the Ajna, it's like, you can speak your mind and share your thoughts. Like that's something that you're designed to do to Mm -hmm. a degree. Um, Yeah, so those are areas that you can rely on. Those are energies that are reliable for you versus the other areas or the other centers that aren't defined those are gonna be like variable energies. So you're okay. going to experience them differently depending on who you're
0: around or like the planetary transits or whatever. <laughs> Got it, so it's not like those are the areas you need to strengthen or anything like that. It's just like those areas are a little bit more inconsistent.
1: Uh, so the colored in ones, those are your consistent areas. So yeah. those are ones that you rely on, yeah. And then mm-hmm. the white ones are areas mm-hmm. that you you wanna be aware of because when I was talking earlier about the conditioning, Those are areas where there's like conditioning associated with them. So for example, like if we look at the very bottom center of yours, that's the root, you have that white and the theme of the root when it's not defined is that you're like always in a hurry to get things done so that you can rest. And then the uh, the one above that, the sacral, you have that open, you're a projector, all projectors have that open. the theme there is not knowing when enough is enough. And so that can be a really big recipe for burnout when you're always in a hurry to get things done so that you can relax, but like there's never a done and then you don't know when enough is enough. So it's like you just keep going going and going and going and, you know, since you're, you're under the age of 30, um, you're, you probably, well, I hope you haven't felt the effects of this yet, but I find often with projectors, once they reach the age of 30, or like get to maybe 35, they really get burnt out because it's like, you're not designed to just push yourself and push yourself for decades. Yeah, And it's kind of like your energy wears out over time. So you you need to be mindful of taking care of that.
0: When you said projectors and all projectors have that open, it really reminded me, can we go over the types of, like the types, the human design types really quickly? Yeah, for sure. So there's five types in human design.
1: Some people say there's four. <laughs> there's manifestors. They're about 10% of the population. There's generators, which are about 70%. But I, this is where I say that there's five and not four because I break generators into um, like pure generators, which are about 37% of the population and manifesting generators, which are a hybrid between the manifestor and generator type. Okay. And they're about um, 33%. And then we have projectors which are about 20 percent and reflectors which are about one percent so manifestors they're really here to initiate to get things started and there's kind of an irony around manifestors because there's only they're only about 10 percent of the population but everyone else is conditioned to behave like a manifestor where it's like everyone else is told like hey just do it just make it happen um, and manifestors are told not to, because they kind of come out of the womb with this energy and people are like, Oh, we need to control them. Like, don't do this. You can't do that. Sit down, be quiet. Um,
0: wow. So those are That's
1: <laughs> yeah. very intense. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting. And so it's funny because people like hear about manifestors and then they're like, Oh, um, manifestors are like this. And it's like, well, actually manifestors are often like the most conditioned out of who they are. And like, they're often the most shut down, like the most out of alignment because like right from the get go, they've been told that like they're wrong and they need to not do that. Right. Um, So they get really conditioned out of how to use their energy. Um, So then generators, um, both the generators and the manifesting generators, they're really here to work and they're not here to be a slave for someone else, but they're here to find their right work and their right work could be having a business. It could be, um, you know, this amazing career. It could be something creative or artistic. It could be philanthropic. It could be raising a family, but the generator types, they all have the sacral defined and the sacral center is all about this like sustainable life force energy. So generators are really here to use that energy in a way that feels good in a way that lights them up. and human design often talks about um the signature kind of which is success versus the not self which is frustration and we can talk about that for all of them later yeah but when you have 70% of the world that doesn't know how to use their generator energy you have this like vibration throughout the world of frustration
0: right. instead
1: of mm-hmm. satisfaction um so it's like that could have a really big impact if, you know, 70% of the population could raise their vibration a little bit. Um, so those are the generator types. And like I said, manifesting generators, they're a hybrid. So they're, generally speaking, more generator than manifester, but they just move quickly. And the main difference is that they tend to be very multi-passionate. So I always find it funny when I meet a manifesting generator because they're like, yeah, I'm a lawyer, but I also own a yoga studio and I have a scrunchy business on the side and I make jewelry. And I'm a owner in a bakery and you're like, what? <laughs>
0: how do you like, like how? <laughs> what?
1: how do you do these things? Um, and it's, it's crazy, but it's really interesting with their energy because it's like their energy is almost exponential. So it's when they're doing things that light them up, that they love, it's like, they just get more and more energy. Um, so it's really cool when you meet like a super aligned manifesting generator, cause they just have so many different things on the go yeah, and they're okay with it. Where for me, like that seems like hell, I would be so exhausted. <laughs> yeah, Seriously.
0: Um, yeah. Are you a, what are you, are you a reflector? No, I'm a manifester. You're a manifester. Okay. 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 Yeah. But the manifesting yeah. generators are the ones with endless energy.
1: Yes, exactly. Okay. They're okay. the ones that do all the things. Okay. Um, and so projectors, which is what you are. Um, they're really here to be like the guides, the gurus, the managers, um, they're here to kind of like oversee things. They're not here to be the ones doing the work. And it's often said that projectors are really only meant to work about three hours a day. Yeah. And I like to think of it as (laughs) projectors are like, you know, like a Lamborghini or something. It's like, you're a really high end car. You're not going to be driving across the country you're going to take your car out for a couple of hours, drive it down like, you know, the beautiful streets. I used to live in Dubai and so like, this like was like such a thing in Dubai. People just like show off their cars, right? Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, I think it's like, oh, you just like take your car out for a couple hours, show it off, you know, let it do its little bit of work. And then you take it back and you like clean it and you make sure it's like nice and buffed and shiny and you put one of those like car covers over it and so it can like rest <laughs> and it's safe and it's good. It's like, I like to think of projectors like a Lamborghini or something. I um,
0: love that. Where
1: it's like they, you know, they're really great and they're really powerful, but you're not here to be driving across the country in a Lamborghini, right? Yeah, they're not yeah. meant for like long haul. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So those are projectors. And like I said, they're really here to see the other. They have um, an ability to really know other people, to guide other people, to manage other people. And on the flip side, that can be really challenging because it's like you can see what everyone is doing that's wrong, but like they don't want to hear that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, yeah. no
1: one wants someone constantly critiquing them. Right. So that can be a challenge for projectors. Um And then the reflectors they're the one percent so they're very rare and they're really here to reflect the health of the community so they're very different from all the other types and they're they're an archetype that is difficult i would say to like fit into how humanity currently operates because we just we don't operate that way we don't necessarily value this person that can reflect the health of the community that can show us how we need to change or what needs changing or where we are. Um, but it'll their um what's the word I'm looking for? Their, I don't know, level of importance or our not their level of importance, our ability to appreciate them, let's say. Yeah. Is yeah. I think going to grow, especially after this twenty twenty seven evolution that human design says it's taking place. And it's not gonna be like a, you know, big bang, life's gonna change, but just gradually over time things will shift where we appreciate them more and we Understand their role more in terms of taking care of ourselves and taking care of our communities.
0: You know, I think that 2020 already is doing a little bit of that shift for us. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how it all sort of shakes out. But I think
1: we've, you know, gotten into such a time of like individualism where it's like every man for itself and it just doesn't really work that way. Right. (laughs) So. Hopefully, you know, we'll be able to appreciate them more. And I think what is really beautiful is just that we all have a different role to play. And it's like if we're all doing the role or the design that we came here to do, not only do things work better, but we'll all be fulfilled in the roles that we're doing,
0: you know? So, okay, let's get back to um, the centers in the Mm graph there are numbers in my graph or in my centers yep. and they are all different. And these, mm-hmm. these numbers are different for everybody, right? Like not everybody has like a one, seven and 13 on their G center.
1: Um, so no,
0: every they're all gonna be in the same place for
1: everybody, but what will change with them is whether they're defined or not. Okay, so they're highlighted. At, yes, exactly. Okay. So when we look at yours, for example, in your G center, you, which is like the yellow diamond, you have 13, you have two, you have 15, and you have 10. So that's going to be unique to you. Okay. And if you look um, on both sides of your body graph, there is like a row of black symbols and numbers and a row of red symbols and numbers. And so the symbols are about the planets and the numbers will correspond to the gates on your chart. So if you look on the very top corner of yours, you have four in the black. And if you look on the green triangle up on the top, you also have four highlighted. So Uh all of the numbers that are in the columns, the red and black columns will be highlighted on your chart. It's just a different way of looking at them. Okay, got it. Yeah, so those are called gates and there's 64 of them, but people generally have, uh, let's say around 20 of them highlighted on their chart. Some might have a little bit less, some, I think the max you could probably have is, I don't know, 23 or 26. Anyways, it's usually around 20 that people will.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that's just kind of like when you get your birth chart right, you're like, your, your mercury is in Pisces type of situation. Yeah.
1: It's like that, except for you, your mercury is in gate 31. Okay. Um, so it's just like, again, that like splicing down instead of it being in an overarching Zodiac and it would still be in that same Zodiac. So if your birth chart says that it's in this Zodiac, it's still going to be that, but it's just going to be narrowed down into a gate Got it. and the gates have just like a little bit more specific information, but it's all kind of under the same umbrella.
0: Okay. Okay. So yeah. then now let's shift from the graph where it looks like a human body to the graph with all the strategy and signature, definition, all that stuff. Let's break it down. First of all, my (laughs) design date was like three months before I was born.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so when you look at the black and the red, the red will be called your design, and so that's your design date, which is the three months before, approximately. Um, and then your personality is going to be the black, which is going to be when you were actually born. Okay. And so the two of them come together to make your human design of like when you were initially sort of like imprinted versus when you were, well, not imprinted. So there's one that's like when you were actually born and then one is three months before. Okay. So that's
0: totally normal. Okay. Got it. And then, yeah. Underneath that is type, we broke that down. Let's talk about the strategy. Yeah, so each
1: type is going to have its own strategy. So all manifestors, their strategy is going to be to inform. Um, I actually think for a manifestor, it's more initiate and inform. Like I, I think the strategies in traditional human design kind of leave a lot of the information out. So I like to elaborate a lot more on them um i won't go too in depth t- today because yeah. we don't have you yeah. five hours <laughs> um but yeah so the strategy for all manifestors is going to be to inform the strategy for all generators is going to be to respond manifesting generators is respond and inform so it's a bit of a hybrid projectors is all going to be wait for the invitation and reflectors is to wait a lunar cycle. So reflectors are lunar beings where everyone else is a solar being. So reflectors like actually have a very strong tie to the moon and the moon cycles, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all of the other types, those are their strategies.
0: What does to wait for invitation mean? So as a projector, a really big part
1: of how you operate is through recognition. So projectors want recognition. They want to be recognized for their skills and their brilliance and then through recognition they'll receive invitations. And invitations are in a way exactly what it sounds for but or it sounds like but it's also different. So for you to make like a correct move, let's say mm-hmm. um, you're going to be more aligned when someone gives you an invitation for something. So for an example, I had a client who, um, used to be an osteopath and started making this like skin oil thing because she had some skin issues and was talking about it on her Instagram and people were like, oh my gosh, that's really cool. Can I buy that from you? And she was like, oh, okay, sure. And started making more of them. And then from there she had stores in Toronto reach out to her and was like, your product is amazing. Can we carry it in our store? And so those are invitations instead of mm-hmm. her going out to every single store and being like, Hey, this is my product. I'm going to pitch it to you. Do you want to buy it? Um, so that projector energy works a lot better when people recognize you and then invite you in, as opposed to you being like really going out and really pushing. And it's not that the pushing doesn't work. Cause I know that you mentioned that you do a lot of outreach yourself. Mm-hmm. That's technically not aligned for a projector, but it doesn't mean that it can't work. It might mean that it's exhausting or that it doesn't feel good or that it makes you like bitter because you feel like you have to work 20 times as hard and you're not getting as much of the result that you want. But I also find in a way projectors especially can sort of fake it until a certain age where it's like they can be really, um, i don't mean pushy in a bad way but they can like really push with their energy yeah until like so in order like to be more aligned as a projector it's more about just sharing the stuff that you love talking about what you want to talk about um doing the stuff that you would do anyways even if no one was paying you for it or buying things from you and then when you have that energy projectors tend to be very magnetic and people can't help but want a piece of it, right? And so it's like, then people will reach out to you and be like, oh my gosh, I want this. Like, um, can you be on this? Can you talk about this? Can you, can we buy this from you? Yeah. And it's like, I like to think of it that projectors are like meant to be the lighthouse. So it's like the lighthouse doesn't jump into the water and chase boats, it just stands (laughs) there and shines, right? And it's like the right people will be guided by it and the right people will come to it, but it doesn't need to go out and do things in the same way that other types do.
0: The next thing below strategy is not self theme. So what is, what is that?
1: So the not self theme is something that you're going to experience when you're not in alignment basically. And is it the same for
0: for everybody or no? It's the same for every
1: type, yeah. So each manifestor is always going to, the not self theme is going to be anger. The generator not self theme is going to be frustration the projector one is bitterness and the reflector not self theme is disappointment. So if you're to a degree, you're always going to experience these things, but it's, if you're experiencing them a lot, it means that you're out of alignment and it's kind of like, you know, just a signpost. It's like, Hey, you've gone too far. You're going in the wrong direction. Like let's turn it around. And then opposite of that. So the not self theme is when you're out of alignment and when you're in alignment, the signature is what's showing you that you're in alignment Mm -hmm. so for manifestors the signature is peace for generators it's satisfaction for projectors it's success and for um reflectors it's surprise and this is actually one of the things that i like to use as a manifestation hack when it comes to human design because your signature like what you want is what your signature is so if you can really tune in to the feeling of what your signature is So for you, it would be success, but for me, it's peace. And it's so fascinating because when I launched my HD school earlier this year, it was far more successful than I initially thought it was going to be. And I thought that I should feel excited or something, and it's not that I wasn't, but it just felt so peaceful. It was just like, oh, like, yes, this is just right. Like, it was just so peaceful. And it made a lot more sense to me of how the signature works because it's like when you're in alignment that's just what you're going to feel and it feels so good for your type so it's like if you can tune into that instead of you know I don't know getting yourself super amped up because maybe that's not what you actually want yeah um so it's like for you to just turn tune into like what is What does success feel like? What does it feel like in your body? You know, what does it look like and kind of tune into those things because that's really what you're aiming for.
0: So after the signature is the definition.
1: Definition. It's if you imagine like when you're looking at the body graph, it almost looks like a circuit board, right? Yeah. Where it's like you have all these little lines connecting to different places. So if you're looking at the full lines only, so ignore any of the little half lines, It will, your definition is talking about the groupings of energy. So you have split definition, which is pretty common. I think it's, I don't know, around 40% of the population. Okay. And so you have two different groups of energy. So your spleen connects up to your G center. That's one group, but your spleen and your G don't connect to anything else. And then your throat and your Ajna are connected. So that's another group, but they don't connect to anything else. So for definition, you're either going to have no definition. So if you have no centers at all, you're a reflector, you have no definition. If you have single definition, it will mean that all of your centers that are defined are connected in like one circuit of energy. Mm -hmm. Split definition will have two circuits like you have. Um, triple split definition will have three different circuits and quadruple split definition is extremely rare. It's like less, it's like a half a percent of the population, Wow. Um, but they'll have four different groups of energy. And so with that, it kind of talks a little bit about the conditioning again, like we mentioned earlier, where conditioning can really come in from your open centers, but it can also come in and I might be getting a little too technical with this but it can come in through the gates that would connect your split definition. So when we look at your chart, the G center and the throat, um, those need to connect. They don't need to, but I mean, to make everything flow in one circuit of energy, those would need to connect. So you would either need gate 33 or you would need gate 7. And when you have split definition, so if you have split definition or quadruple split definition, the source of your conditioning or the strongest source of your conditioning is that missing gate that would make everything flow together. So for you, for example, gate 33, um, there could be an, so you're with this missing gate. It's like, you think it's a problem that you need to solve. You think maybe there's something wrong with you or deficient with you, or it's just like, if I could just fix this one thing, then everything else would be fine. And then conversely, in relationships, those are areas that you're going to be attracted to. So for you with 33, it could be like the energy around memories and the past and telling stories. And so it could be that like, you are really obsessed with telling stories about the past, or it could be that, Um, there's someone that like, you can't forgive. And if you could just forgive them, everything would be fine. But like, you can't, or it could be like, um, being stuck in stories of the past or wanting stories of the past to be different. Um, and I'm not saying necessarily this is true, but it's like, these are potential things Mm -hmm. that it's like, if I could just do this, then everything else would be different. Um, you also have gate seven. And so 31 is really about influence. So you naturally are a pretty influential person, but seven is more about like the democratic leadership. And so it could be like, if only I was, if only I could be recognized for this leadership or like put into a place of power, Mm -hmm. uh, when it's like, well, no, you already have that power. You don't need someone else to like vote you into that. But it's, like, those are easy areas for us to think that, like, oh, this is wrong here. Like, I need to change this. Yeah. When actually it's, like, no, these are places you can be really wise about. You don't need to change them at all. So the goal is trying to make everything connect and flow. Yes and no. Like, it's not necessarily something we have to try to do. It's something that, like, electromagnetically will just be attracted to. So, yeah. Like... If you ever meet someone, especially I find in romantic relationships, like I'm divorced now, but my ex-husband had that date 21. And it was like the second I met him, it was like, we're getting married. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and we actually said that before we even started dating. We were like, I think we're going to get married. And we did. And it's just like that instant, like, you're my person. And they might not be your person forever. <laughs> yeah. But it's like that instant attraction. It's often, especially if you have split definition, it's someone that like connects your split energy because it's just like right away they make everything whole. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I would be more attracted to somebody in a position of power because of that seven. Yeah. Perfect.
1: Especially if they had that gate. So it's not necessarily how they express it, but it's like if they have that
0: energy, oh. then you would be attracted to it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. 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 I get it now. Okay, if they yeah. had that gate then it would yeah. be Yeah, then it was just
1: like it, yeah, and you don't need to try anything. It just like happens, okay. right?
0: Also another question, just throwing it out there, like my 43 and 23 connects. Is that the only possible connection that 23 could have is to 43? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um so for most of the channels, they
1: only have one possible connection. The only place that it gets a little bit funky (laughs) um, is, so you actually have one of these channels, but the 5710, um, that goes from your spleen to your G center, 57 can also connect to 34 in the sacral. It can also connect to 20 in the throat. So those channels are a little bit crazy because they have a bunch of connections, but all of the other channels, so aside from 57, 34, 10, and 20, Everything else only has one. Okay. Okay. Got it.
0: Then the authority.
1: Yeah. So the authority is like honestly one of my favorite things about human design because it's how you are designed to make decisions. And when you get how you're designed to make decisions, it's a lot easier to just like live your life correctly and without anxiety because it's just like, no, this is how I make decisions. This is what I'm doing. So the most popular authority is the emotional authority. It's about 50% of the population. And that essentially means that you're designed to not make spontaneous decisions. You need to take your time. You need to, at the very least, sleep on it. But you need to come to a place of emotional clarity. Uh-huh. And I have like a whole masterclass on the emotional <laughs> authority because it's a little bit complicated. And I find when I first heard it, I was like, okay, cool. So I'm just supposed to wait to make a decision. How is that helpful?
0: Right. Like think things through. Thank you. Yeah.
1: But it's like, there's a little bit more to it than just wait to make a decision. Okay. But it, it helped me to, when I looked back, it was like, oh yeah, every single spontaneous decision I've ever made has blown up in my face. Like it does not work for me. Okay. So it's like, cool, let's not make spontaneous decisions anymore. And the thing with decisions that need time or that you need to wait to make a decision is that if the decision that you need to make doesn't respect the time that you need, then it's not the right decision. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you can be really, it's like if if you want a job or something and they're like, I need an answer right now, then you can say no, because if they're not going to respect that you need 24 hours to make a decision, it's not going to be the right decision for you. And it's like, okay, cool, decision made, no, thank you. Yeah. so, the next one is the sacral or, yeah, the sacral authority. And this is like a very gut, like intuition. And the sacral is said to work in sounds of like uh huh or uh uh-uh. uh. And so, it's very much about responding to life around it. And it's not, um, it's not something that comes from your head. None of the authorities are meant to come from your head, they come from inside your body somewhere for the most part. And so the sacral is like a gut decision. It's just like, uh-huh, like this is exciting. I want to move towards this yeah. or uh uh-uh, uh, like, this is the wrong thing. Right. Like it just like, doesn't feel good. Anyway, yeah. And so it's trusting that for you, the splenic this, so the sacral is about, um, I don't know, 30% of the population or something. The spleen is about 10% of the population. So it's not as common. And this is just what we think of when we think of intuition. And the spleen is very like quick and quiet. So it'll kind of be like this little thing that's like, go here, message this person, like send this email, um, like, yes, do this thing. Or like, no, don't do that. And if you're like, why, what? Like, but how come? It's not going to give you any more than that. Yeah. No authority will. And so one of the things I find is a good red flag that you're not using your authority is if you're like really up in your head or like, getting obsessive about things or like making a pro and con list and it's just like our authority is much smarter than us and I was actually reading something the other day that I thought was kind of cool where our mind is um, for the most part a very visual organ like we take in a lot of information through sight and we make a lot of our decisions based on what we can see but we can't see or hear even for that matter, a lot of things. Like, we can't see radio waves. We can't hear electromagnetic waves. Like, there's a lot of information that's happening in the universe that our current senses aren't tuned into. Yeah. And so your authority can kind of get the whole picture, but it's not going to explain to you why. So it's just, there's an element of experimenting with your authority so that you can learn to trust it.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's loaded. That's loaded.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's four other authorities, I think four, I don't know. There's a few others that are much less popular. Um but I don't we don't have to go into them all right now
0: because let's not (laughs) I know we're over time already. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, the very last thing is the incarnation cross. Should we go through that or is that kind of just like whatever?
1: So your incarnation cross in a way is like your story for your life. So it's kind of like what your life theme is and the incarnation cross is made up of four gates so if you look at the black and red columns it'll be the top two on each side okay so yours is mm-hmm. four forty nine twenty three forty three. 23 43 and so if it's helpful i think to learn about your incarnation cross because the more that you learn about it the more you can kind of see is this playing out in my life or is this not and it's not something you have to try to do it's something that generally naturally happens So for you, for example, there's, are are you okay with me using you as an example? Yeah, no, totally, totally, totally. Go for it. (laughs) Um, So in, on the black side at the very top gate, um, that's your conscious sun is what it's called. So whatever gate is there is like 70% of your personality. And so you have the gate of answers. So you're probably someone that's always giving answers to people, that's always looking to share answers, it's always looking to find answers, it's always got to have the solution to everybody's problems. Mm-hmm. Um, how, so that's kind of like the, the good side of it, but on the sort of low expression of it, it's like you could be creating problems or creating drama just so you can solve them. Yeah. So you want to like be mindful that you're not doing that. Um, so that's going to be a part of your incarnation cross is this whole thing of like finding answers and then 49 is all about like revolution, and it's a very black and white kind of gate where it's like you either are good with something, you're not. Like, if someone crosses you, like, you're done. Like, it's kind of just like 2020, like, you're canceled energy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, when 49 is like done with something, it's, it's done. done. Like there's yeah. no, no talking about it. We're done. Um, but it's the energy of like transformation and like revolution. And so, in a way you're here to have answers for people to help them transform and evolve. And then on the other side in the unconscious side, like I said, it was that like freak to genius kind of thing Yeah, where 23 (laughs) is around assimilation and it's around like sharing information or bringing together information and like flashes of insight with a 43, 43 is about insight. So it's like having insight and being able to bring the information together in a way that's easy for people to understand. Mm-hmm. So when you combine those together, it's, like, you have, like, your life path it, in a way is around sharing answers to help people um, evolve or, like, revolutionize themselves yeah. um, in, like, flashes of genius or, like, flashes of insight where it's not necessarily explainable or based on old information. It's, like, new insights that you have.
0: Got it. Got it. So it's yeah. kind of like your life purpose, right? Like you said, is your incarnation Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. There's, there's more to life purpose in the chart, but that's definitely a big
0: part of it. Got it. Um, I mean, you have given us an incredible look at human design. So, um, (laughs) before we wrap the show, we do a segment every week called weekly weakness, all about your favorite thing right now. What is yours? A quick shout out.
1: Um, honestly, like, just really dumb movies on Netflix. I've been working so hard, and it's just so great to turn my brain off. There was one I watched the other day called Love Guaranteed. It's terrible.
0: It's terrible, but (laughs) But it's so good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's just, like, you know, I love just not having to think, not being stressed out, not having any, like, anything intense going on I got this like matching blue tie-dye tracksuit it looks like a cloud I like put on my cloud tracksuit and just like (laughs) watch some dumb stuff on Netflix it's so good and just lounge (laughs) yeah yeah like I've just been working so much with this so it's just so nice to have something to just like completely shut off (laughs) yeah 100 percent
0: Please tell our listeners where they can find you and work with you. Yeah, thank you.
1: My Instagram is at sort of spiritual. There's like periods in between, but if you just type in sort of spiritual, you'll find me and that's, yeah, that's usually where I am. Instagram or on my website.
0: (laughs) Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'll link everything in the show notes for our listeners below. Thank you so much, Katie, for coming on and sharing your expertise with us today. Thank you for having me. This has been so fun. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye. Katie has been so kind to offer our listeners 33% off her classes. If you guys go to the show notes, it is linked below with the code Valentino and you guys will get 33% off at checkout. So thank you so much, Katie, for doing that for us. If you guys enjoyed this episode or any other previous episodes, please go ahead and give me five stars on iTunes. It really helps me out so, so much in getting the podcast discovered by other wonderful listeners like yourself. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend, and I will catch up with you next Friday on Vibing and Valentino. Bye!